and we say, God, whatever you want to do, he's going to do it. We move and he moves. We move and he moves. And I believe that God wants to do something today. And, and I had a message planned, and, and I'll just I'll kind of share it in a nutshell here, but I want us to take another step in our relationship with God. It's been great to talk, and, and we've been you know, having some great words from the Lord on being connected to Him, drawing near to Him, and He draws near to us in prayer, maybe reconnecting with God. We've had a lot of great thoughts from God's Word on those things, but I want us to go deeper in our relationship with Him. Because what we have with God is just that. It is a relationship. And, and when we think about our relationship with God, it is so important that we think in the correct terms of that relationship. We have to understand the type of relationship we have with God. And sometimes when we look at the cross and, and we see what he said on the cross, things like, it is finished, sometimes we get that accountant type of relationship with God. It's been paid in full and it's all taken care of and, it, and, it's, and it's all good. And I got Jesus kind of keeping the mathematics on my life and, and he's taking care of all the debt and he pays all the bills and isn't that good? We also know that when he died on the cross, he died for our sins. And, and even though we're guilty, we're not guilty anymore. So sometimes we think of God like our lawyer that'll get us out and he'll break us free and he keeps us right with God so that there's no condemnation. And so we think of that judicial kind of relationship with God, or maybe we think of him like a boss, because we do sing that he is our Lord, he's our master, and so we, we serve him, and so we have this kind of boss-employee relationship that we have with God. And all of those are true, and all that terminology is found in the Bible, but that is not the type of relationship God wants to have with you. God doesn't want to be your accountant, he doesn't want to be your lawyer. He doesn't want to be your boss. Whether it be the Gospels, the Epistles, the book of Revelation, all the way back into the Old Testament, there is a type of relationship that he talks about over and over and over again, and that is a marriage relationship. God wants that kind of relationship with you. And, and I want to talk about that just for a moment before we go back into worship so that you can realize the type of relationship he wants with you. He wants that covenant, that choosing, that love. That's what he wants. And, and sometimes in our marriage, those things aren't there. And we would think, why would he choose a marriage relationship? Because you know, marriage sometimes, I mean, I've only been married 18 years and and, but sometimes marriage can be difficult. Sometimes it's full of joy. But sometimes those difficulties cause so much pain in our lives. And, 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 it's, and it's interesting that, that, that it just goes all these different ways. And sometimes in our marriage relationships, we end up feeling like we're married to our accountant or we're married to our lawyer or we're married to our boss. It's not a good relationship to have. Because the marriage relationship is something completely different. And I just want to share that for just a moment today. The marriage relationship frames our relationship with God. And it is a covenant that he makes with us. Too many people go into marriage today like a consumer. And I want to find just the right product and I want to get that product. And, and that's not what marriage is. 
Marriage isn't that. It's not even a contract where we'll try it for a few years and see how it works. No, it's a forever kind of thing. And when there's that acceptance and when there is that love and when those vows are exchanged, something happens. And that's what I love about marriage is that we make these vows and whether it's a good day or a bad day, those vows are still in place. There was a day that I stood before our church and God and, and before the pastor and, and, and pledged vows to Leslie. And I wear a ring every day in, in recognition of those vows. No matter how I feel, on any given day, I made a vow. And, and, and what's beautiful about, about this is that, uh, you know, every time Leslie comes in, like when she came to church today and I saw her, I just, my, I'm just like, she's here. You know, there's something, I'm glad all you are here, but when I see her come through the door, there's like, she's here. And, and, it, and, it, and yes, I, my heart does it because she's beautiful and all that. But you know what? I, I was thinking about it. Why do I get excited every time I see Leslie? And I figured it out. It's because she chose me. Out of everybody else in the world, she stood up in front of everyone. She said, I choose him. And there's something beautiful about that. Because I'm, I don't feel like I should be chosen because there's a lot of bad days. But, but again, that's something beautiful that God does is he says I choose you I love you I want you in relationship with me and too often we view our relationship with God and we kind of go to the the minimum what God what do we have to do to stay out of hell and get into heaven what are the minimum requirements what are the deal breakers God I want to know those things just let me know those and I'll stay away from the bad things okay God what if I did that to Leslie? Okay, what, what's, what's the deal breaker, honey? You let me know what, what I can get away with and what I can't get away with, and you, I'll, just, I'll stay away from the bad things. That would not be a good marriage, would it? Because that's not what marriage is. Marriage isn't about seeing what I can get away with. Marriage is about seeing how close I can get. The goal is to enjoy and get to know and draw near to someone else and grow together. I just have one scripture. I'm going to read this quick. And I want you to notice, this is what Paul says in the New Testament about marriage. And you, you already probably know this verse. You probably heard it a hundred times. But as we read it today, I want you to notice how much he not only talks about marriage, but he talks about our relationship with God and, and, and Jesus' relationship with the church and how it's all intertwined together. It says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21, And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means you are to love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up himself or his life for her, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two 
are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. This is a great mystery, he says. There's something beautiful that happens when I, when I say, I'm giving myself to someone else, I'm serving someone else, I'm submitting to another person, and I will grow together as one with that other person. My life will be with that other person. And that's, we, we need the Holy Spirit to help us in our, 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 our personal marriages because it's hard, it's difficult, and, and we are selfish, and there is a lot of sin in our life, and yet God wants to make us holy. But the idea is that we're growing together as one. I go to preach at different places, and sometimes I'll just go to a church or maybe to a class or something like that, and then they'll just... They'll just ask me to get up and speak, and I haven't prepared. You know, I just thought I was going to be a part of a conference or something. Oh, come up and share something, and, and you haven't prepared anything, and you get up. And, and usually what I do at that point is I'll immediately maybe teach from the Gospels, or I'll, I'll, I'll maybe recite Oswald Chambers or Henry Nouwen or somebody that I, I know or I read a lot. You know, I mean, I never met those guys, but I, I read them a lot, and, and, and I've studied the life of Christ and taught it for 20 years, and so... It's just easy. You just get up and you start going. And, and the reason is, is because it's a part of you. It's a part of me. I, I, I've studied that. I know that. And, and what's beautiful is, is that should be how it is in our marriages. That, that I am with that other person in such a way that I know them. That I just know them. That should be how we are with God. We should just know Him. You only get that kind of closeness with time and experience and moments like we're having today. That's how you get to know God, that you would know Him so deeply and so intimately. And when you get to that type of relationship, there's a tremendous vulnerability, especially in that human marriage relationship. It's so vulnerable because you're going to get to know me in every way. And that's scary, but you know what? There's also something beautiful about that. There's something safe about that. And, and it can only happen in the context of, of a marriage relationship with your spouse and with God. That we would have that type of closeness with, with another human being. Because when I'm close with another human being, I'm sharing my entire life with them. And one of the things that marriage is supposed to do in my life is bring about sanctification. If you remember from chapter 5 there that we just read, that, that, that you know, I, when I'm all alone, I can hide my sin really good. I can hide my selfishness really good when I'm all alone. When there's another person around me all the time, I tell all the people that you want to cure selfishness in your life, just get married. You want to really cure it, have children. Because all of a sudden you're sharing your life and it's wide open and it's exposed. And, and, and again, God will come in and, and you know what I love about God is He comes in and He takes care of everything. In the sense that, that, you know what, each day is a fresh start with Him. This is a covenant relationship. This is an all the time permanent kind of thing. This is a marriage. This is not something that just happened. This is something where you say, we are together forever. The vows have been made. I am am saying that I'm going to live in community 
with another human being for my entire life. A lot of times when we think about marriage, we think about, you know, sex or money or communication. You know what you're really doing when you're getting married? Is you're saying, I'm going to live in community with you forever. That I'm, I'm linking my life with your life. And what I have is yours. And I will love and I will cherish and I will honor I will respect, I will submit, I will serve you. And we just have to do that. And and again, that's our type of relationship with God. And you say, well, I don't feel like it. I don't want to do that. The things my spouse asks me to do are hard, or the things that God wants me to do, I, I don't want to do that. Well, you need to do it. Let me tell you why. I have a very strange job being a pastor. And today, days like today make it even stranger when God says, I want to do something different, so we're just going to do it. And Okay. We submit to God. But I have a thing in my job that maybe you have in your job, but probably not, is as a pastor, you've got to love everybody. Right, Pastor Fred? You've got to love everybody. <laughs> whether you want to or not. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have to love people in your job, because you probably do, but, but chances are you probably love them until you make the sale or the deal is closed. You, know, you, you love them as long as you have to love them. But in our job, we have to love people. We have to love people when they call at 3 in the morning and need something. got a text this week. It, one in the morning, somebody needed something. It's like, are you kidding me, really, right now, please? I don't see him here today, so I'll talk about him. But no, it's like, are you kidding me? And, and, but, but it's like, you know what, but you, you serve and you do. And you know what's interesting is, um, uh, is when we do love someone else, whether it be our spouse or another person or God, when we do what is asked, all of a sudden we start to feel. I take Thursdays off, and I, I, I normally just kind of rest in the Lord and do things that, that fill me up, and, and uh, uh, once in a while I get together with people, but, but mostly it's just my day and kind of that Sabbath day. And, and Leslie works on Thursday, so one time she asked me, um, what are you doing today? And I'm like, oh, I'm going out with coffee with so-and-so. And she goes, why? You don't even like him. <laughs> and... Uh, person not around here or anything like that, but just somebody as a pastor you invest your life in, and they had a lot of problems, and it was really tough, and, uh, and you know what is interesting, and this, this is truly from my heart, is I said, you know what, I've really grown to love this person. It's not that I have to do it, I want to do it. It's not something, well, why don't you do it on a day that you're working and then it's part of work? No, it's, I just want to do this. You know what happens when, when we love other people, when we love our spouse, when we, love, when we just do it even when we don't feel like it, then the feelings come. You notice that God doesn't say in His Word, He never commands us to, to love with emotion. I want you to feel this way about your spouse. Feel this way. Because you can't command an emotion, can you? but you can command an action. And God says, I want you to serve. I want you to submit. I want you to honor. I want you to receive. I want you to do this. Because the more I do, the more I'll feel. Listen to me. The more I do, 
the more I'll feel. The more I obey God and do, the more I'll feel. And that's important. But here's the other side, and this is just as true. The less I do, the less I'll feel. The less I do for my spouse, the less I'll feel. The less I do for others, the less I'll feel. The less I do for God, the less I'll feel. But the more I do, the more I'll feel. And that's why when we find ourselves in the presence of the Lord, just go and do whatever He tells you to do in that moment. And when you do that, you will experience Him like you've never experienced Him before. I want you today to just fall in love with Jesus even more, to, to realize that type of relationship. And we cannot have a divided heart with God. Because a divided heart in a marriage will ruin that marriage. You know what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount? This whole thing about doing and and then you'll feel it, it's really true. Because Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount that where my treasure is, there my heart is also. Where my treasure is, there's my heart. So when I do, I feel. And if I don't do, I don't feel. But it goes beyond that. Jesus says that you can't serve two masters. You can't have a divided heart. And in life and in marriage, if you have a divided heart, chances are you'll end up losing both sides. And so we have to have that united heart for God. Saying, God, I love you more than anything else. And it is a great mystery. It's unexplainable how two people that are completely different from completely different lives that are in no way paired together and they walk into a church, they stand before a minister, they stand before God, they stand before family and friends, they pronounce these vows, and when they walk out those doors, they are together forever, permanently connected as one. It's a mystery. And the same is true with you and God. Is that when you say, God, I am all in, I am all yours, and we're singing his name, Jesus, and we just keep singing that. You are all that I need. And we keep singing that. When we have that moment with God, it is a great mystery as He comes in and He redeems us and He changes us and He makes us more like Himself. And we call out His name. I love the thought, as Leslie chose me, I love the thought that God looks at me today and says, I choose you. And I don't believe he just chooses me. I believe that he puts his finger on every one of your heads and says, I choose you. I choose you. I love you. I love you with an everlasting love. I, I, just, I just love you because I love you. And that's God today. I just want to close with a, a verse and then we're going to worship the Lord. It comes from Song of Solomon. And I, I love this because uh, uh, Song of Solomon is a, a wonderful picture, obviously, that, that similar idea of, of this marriage covenant relationship, but also our relationship with God. We see it in the Song of Solomon. And, and, and I want to look at some verses at the very end, but at the very beginning, the bride has been satisfied being with her friends and the activities and doing all of these things. She's been satisfied in life by a lot of other things, but not anymore. Now all she wants is her bridegroom. And so she comes to the end here in chapter 8, and she says, Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. 
For love is as strong as death. It's jealousy as enduring as the grave. Love flashes like fire, the brightest kind of flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor rivers drown it. If a man tried to buy love with all his wealth, he would, his offer would be utterly scorned. This is a bride that all she wants is her bridegroom. Nothing else in life will satisfy. And that's the type of relationship that God wants with you. There are going to be good days and there are going to be bad days, but you know what? You are in covenant relationship together, drawing nearer and closer together. What I love in the Song of Solomon is the refrain back and forth between the bride and the bridegroom. They said, my beloved, my friend, my beloved, my friend, there is nothing better than when you and your spouse are best friends. When you have that type of relationship, there is nothing greater in the world. Today, God is calling you his beloved, his friend. Let's respond and choose him as well. Would you stand and let's just worship the Lord together today. I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you, God, for your presence that's here. Lord, I sense that, that you're speaking to our hearts and to our lives. And today we want to just take that next step. We just want to go that next step right now, God. We don't want that divided heart. We don't want that accountant or lawyer or boss type of relationship with you. God, we just want you. We just want you. We want to enjoy you. We want to draw near to you. Thank you for calling us your beloved. Thank you for calling us your friend. Thank you for choosing us, God. But Lord, you are all that we need. We are desperate without you, God. Lord, forgive us for letting the things of this world satisfy us. God, we want you. We want to bow our knees and our hearts before you. We want to worship you, God, today. We love you, Lord. Thank you, God. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my day. is my daily bread, your very word spoken to me, and now 
call out his name
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That we would walk hand in hand. That I would lead you hand in hand. That we would walk together hand Mm. in hand. I have called you by name. Thank you. I have called you out. Yes. You are mine. Come walk with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We come. We come. Hallelujah. Can you hear the voice of the Lord today? He's calling you. He's choosing you. Marriage is permanent. It is exclusive. It is a covenant. And that's what God wants with you. Marriage is a 24-7, 365 kind of relationship. I've been saying that every service as we come to a close. It cannot just be a Saturday and Sunday thing. It's got to be an all-the-time kind of thing with Jesus. It's got to be that kind of walk with him every day. As we just heard the word of the Lord calling us to walk alongside of him. Not asking Jesus to walk alongside of us, but us walking alongside of him. He has called us. He has chosen us. And we should be so wide open to his presence. We should be so wide open that when we hit our knees in the morning, when we get out of bed, we say, Jesus, where are you going today? Because we want to go with you. That needs to be our heart. That's the type of relationship he wants to have with you. Stop thinking about God in any other way. Just think of him as one that wants to be with you. God is so good, isn't he? His presence is so powerful. Let's just pray together. God, I thank you for what you wanted to share with us today. Lord, we had other plans when we walked in, but God, you had a plan. God, you were bidding us to come. You were calling us to walk with you. You're calling us even now to... Make our heart exclusively yours. To not just say, hey, we'll try this out and see how it goes, but God, that we are in community forever with you. God, I thank you that that you choose us and you take us even when we're messed up. And you redeem us. And every brand new day, you start fresh with us. Your mercies are new every morning. And God, I thank you that we can live every single day of our life like that with you. May we look at you in a fresh new way today, God. That your presence is so real and that you are so close to us, God. We honor you today. We love you, God. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're just going to worship the Lord as we end. Um, And and what I'd like us to do is uh, just receive our tithes and offerings. And I think this is important to do. I was just debating on on what we should do. And remember, 
what the Lord said today. When we do, we feel. When we do, we feel. And it's something that's important about giving, that when we give, you know, I don't want to give, or I don't, I don't want to tithe. I don't want to. You know what? When we do, we feel. We also, on the first Sunday of every month, we give an offering to the poor. And so I'm just going to ask you, if you'd like to give something to the poor, please take your envelope and mark that accordingly, that you want to give an offering to, to the people that are in need in our, in our church, in our community, maybe even in our world, depending on where the needs come in this month. And uh, all of that is marked for the poor will go to the poor. And, um, and again, you may not have a heart for the poor, but when you give to the poor, when you, when you do, you feel. When you do, you feel. And so whatever God lays in your heart to do today, you do that. But again, I just, this is why I really wanted to do this, is I just sense that there are people really struggling with some things in your life right now. And so right in front of you, where the offering envelopes are, there's a prayer card. Can you take that out? Just let us know how we can pray for you this week. We will be praying with you. The pastors, the staff, our prayer teams, we are praying for you. Please take that out right now and, and just fill that out and let us know how we can pray for you. I just sense that, um, that there are people struggling here today, that they're just overwhelmed, and uh, the presence of God is here, and he is answering prayers. And as we call on the name of Jesus, uh, he answers. And so if you have anything you need prayer for this week, please write that down, and we're going to pray for, for you. But uh, we'll just give, and then we'll um, worship the Lord as we give in just a moment. Um, but uh, uh, we do have the Harvest Crusade coming up, uh, Greg Laurie Harvest Crusade. It's going to be happening uh, the last Sunday of this month. We're going to have a picnic outside. Then the kids are going to have the uh, Wet and Wild, and as the kids go to the Wet and Wild... The adults will come in here for uh, the, the, the Harvest Crusade. And if you don't know about it, we'll, we'll share some videos and stuff in the weeks to come, or maybe you've already seen a video. But invite a friend and a neighbor to the picnic, to the, the kids to the water uh, games. They just have so much fun with the slip and slide and the dunk tank and everything. And then we'll, we'll be in here uh, hearing the message of Jesus. It's a great time to invite friends and family to church, or maybe somebody that needs to know the Lord, or you've been trying to explain God to them. And, Maybe like, just, this would be a great explanation of who Jesus is. And so that's going to be the last Sunday night of this month. Pastor Fred, is there anything else I forgot that we need to talk about? Just make sure you look at your bulletin. But let's pray, and then we're going to worship God in our giving and singing. God, we love you today. We honor you. We worship you. God, I just thank you that your presence is here. Lord, you are going to break free this week some bondage that has held us back for years. I just sense, God, you are about to break forth in something even beyond our, our expectations. And um, it's just that, that anointing is going to break the yoke this week. We just believe that, God. And um, Lord, we just, we just offer this offering to you from our hearts, God. And, and uh, Lord, I pray that uh, as we do, we feel, and, and again, God, may we just have a heart for your church, for your world, for those that are in need, and um, God, thank you for letting us be a part of that. And, and Lord, so we just worship you before we have to go today, but we just want to worship you and let you know that you're number one, that this is an exclusive thing we got with you, God, and uh, it's a forever type of community with you. We love you, God, so we give today in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you give and stand at the same time? I think you can. Let's do it. Let's just worship the Lord before we, before we go.
lost are saved find their way at the sound of your great name all condemned feel no my healer lord almighty defender my love you are my king all right here we go redeemer my healer lord almighty 
I, I sense we need to do one more thing here. And I don't know why, but I, I just feel like we have to do it now. And, and that is invite anyone that doesn't know Jesus to just come to him right now. And so I don't know if it's someone in here or someone who can hear my voice, maybe on the radio or watching online, but they're, they're, we just need to do this now. But I also want to do it because sometimes couples, after a while, they'll renew their vows. So as we say this prayer today, make it a renewal of your vow to God. That it is an exclusive community relationship with God. And if it's for the first time or you've done this your whole life, we're going to just now say a prayer to invite Jesus into our life. Would you pray this with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Leanne, for being sensitive to the Lord today. And it's not easy to do when you're just asked to keep going and going. And, and, um, and I just want to give you the blessing of the Lord. Uh, obviously, we need to, to make room for Church of Bethlehem to come in in a moment. But we're just going to make this holy ground for a while. If you just want to stay, can you just worship for a little bit longer, Leanne? And if you want to stay in the presence of the Lord, you can do that. If you need special prayer, I'll be down front to pray with you. Uh, but um, I think this is hallowed ground. I think when the church of Bethlehem come in today, they'll be like, man, we're going to have church because the presence of the Lord is here. It is so strong. And, uh, and, uh, but remember, this is, a, this is not just a Sunday morning thing. This is an everyday thing with God and you, okay? This type of presence is with you all the time. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you for that blessing that has always rested on your covenant children. And God, today we celebrate our covenant relationship with you. And God, I pray that we would walk with you this week so closely that we know that blessing. We know that peace, that we know that joy, that strength, that protection, God. Lord, I pray that you just go with us as we walk out these doors. But Lord, that this wouldn't be a week of emptiness, but that it would be a week of fullness. Keep us safe and strong until we can gather together again as a church and worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you gave your heart to Jesus for the first time today, we have a, a gift for you with a Bible and a bunch of things about the Christian life. You can just come down and pick this up. And uh, if you're watching online and you gave your heart to Jesus, just write in. We'll send you one. But we're glad that you're here today. We want to say God bless you as you go. If you want to stay with the Lord a little bit longer, you can do that. If you missed communion this morning, you can come down front and we'll serve you communion. But God bless you today. This is the